To be honest with you all, yesterday I was sitting going, I should have done patience, if I'm really honest. Because uh, this week in our lives, obviously in many others, it's been a lot worse, but in our lives, there's been chaos uh, in terms of sickness, um, there's been chaos in terms of phones, Apple phones, iPhones never ever break, so I think I've got a fake. Because um, I, love, uh, I love working on my phone, and uh, it has honestly absolutely died. Uh, and uh, on top of that, there was a tree that fell down in our garden, but this tree was so incredible that he didn't decide to fall in any of the places that he could that would cause no damage. He decided to fall on the Zessa pylon. And uh, he did that. So I must say, we're actually not as depressed as we would be um, without power for so long. But you know, Zessa, they're just so nice and nice. They're like, we definitely come in on Thursday. We will be there on Thursday. And then you wait, and you message them, oh no, something happened, but never fear. We will definitely be there on Friday. And then obviously that doesn't come. And in the end, you just sort of go, well, Lord, whenever you want us to have power back, we'll have power back. But uh, we've, had, uh, we've had, that had that happening and many other things. And I was just going, Lord, I know that you actually want me to talk on patience. Um, and he said, no, kindness. I was really frustrated with him because I needed to hear all about why I needed patience. <laughs> but we're going to hit kindness and I know that it's going to be life-changing. And one of the key reasons I felt God say that to me is because so often our circumstances start to dictate what we think we should be hearing from God and what we think that we should be acting on. What God says is actually... The circumstances, yes, you go through them, but in terms of time with me, in terms of what my agenda is, it's often irrelevant to a lot of the things that we can face. It's actually fix your eyes on me, fix your eyes on what I'm doing as came through in the songs that we sung, and I will lead you in a different perspective, in a different focus, and in a different kingdom advancement, because we are citizens of heaven, and that's when we'll see him do extraordinary things in our lives. So I'm very, very excited. Two interesting things when it comes to fruit. So Galatians 5, I'll read it in a short bit, but two interesting things when it comes to fruit in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. Firstly, the type of seed will always dictate the type of fruit. So for example, if I have an apple tree seed, that will dictate that the type of fruit I have is an apple. It's going to be impossible to plant that seed no matter how much I pray and no matter how much I look at it, no matter how much I try and tweak it, it will not produce oranges for me. So that's just an important thing with seeds and with fruit. The type of seed that we have will dictate the type of fruit we produce. And secondly, the quality of that fruit, fine, plant a nice seed, apple tree seed or whatever else, and the apples come out, but they might not look that great. So the quality of our fruit in a physical sense, the quality of fruit that's produced is dependent on the access that the plant has to a range of inputs. So that will be nutrients, that will be carbon dioxide, that will be sunlight. And uh, if uh, Byron Dupree um, is here, who knows a lot more of the plants than me, he could tell me all the things that I've said wrong. But anyway, you guys get the picture. So those nutrients or those inputs are essential to the quality of the fruit. They don't change the type of fruit, but they are essential to the quality of the fruit. And so if we look at Galatians 5, uh, if you're here and you're visiting church and you're going, well, I don't know where Galatians is, and uh, you're not exactly sure of those sorts of things, that's okay. Uh, I will read from it. It's a book in the New Testament. It was a man called Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, writing to the church in Galatia. And uh, I'm going to read from verse 16. We may have covered this already in the last two weeks. I wasn't here for last week. But I just want to read to build it up. And then we're going to look at kindness. So this is what it says. Talking about um, having freedom in Christ. 
and he dives into it, the spirit versus the flesh, verse 16. He says, I say then, walk by the spirit, and you'll certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. This is talking about two different seeds. This is talking about the battle that we have in terms of when we've come to Christ and when we haven't. Okay. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. God works within you. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, uh, uh, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions. None of us ever struggle with anything like that, me in particular. Um, dissensions, factions, envy. I never envy what other people have. Uh, drunkenness, carousing, anything similar. I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things do not inherit the kingdom of God. But, verse 22, but, the fruit of the Spirit, when you have the seed of the Spirit within you, is love, which we haven't covered yet, we're getting to it, we did it in a different order, joy, which got covered last week, peace in the chaos, which was the first one we looked at, patience, should have looked at that, Joking, pretty <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Such a powerful passage what it means to have the Spirit within us, the seed of the Spirit within us, and how that makes us look, and how that makes us act. So applying this Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, we would say that if we have the seed of the Spirit planted within us, the inevitable will be the fruit of the Spirit. And so you might be saying, some of you here, well, what is the seed of the Spirit? The seed of the Spirit is when we become new creations, when God transforms us from the inside out. It's when we've moved our lives from darkness to life. We've given our lives over to the Lordship of King Jesus. We've bowed the knee and we've said, Lord, I no longer rule my life. I'm not king of my castle. You are, and I submit myself to you. Please come in and change me. When that happens, when we do that, the seed of the Spirit is planted within us. We become a new creation. As it were, the start of a tree begins to grow within us in our hearts and the inevitable result is that we produce the fruit of the spirit it is impossible not to grow in love joy peace patience kindness if the holy spirit is planted within us and that's why one of the easy indicators for us to know if god really has transformed us from the inside out is over the trajectory of our lives we should be able to look back and craig should be able to say if i look at my life 10 years ago I can see that there's been a growth in the fruit of the Spirit in my life. That's what we should be able to see. It indicates that God's changed us from the inside out. And this is incredible. It's mind-blowing. It's the miracle of the gospel. It's the miracle of God changing us. He, we realize He's within us. He's working. And He's molding us to be more like Himself. He's the potter and we're the clay. But He's molding us and He's active. He's making us look more like Himself. And he does this supernaturally. Yes, we have a role to play. We're not puppets. So God works through our decisions. He works through us. We're not puppets. But he's active in it and he does the supernatural work. We don't do it on our own. He moves us from death to life. He's the one who makes the fruit of his spirit evident in our lives. But we play a great role in it. Look at this amazing passage 
um, in John 16, verse 7. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, and this is what he says. Uh, Jesus is here. Some of us say we wish that Jesus was with us now. If only he was with us. We have something better. When we talk about the seed of the Spirit within us, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, who we have within us. In Romans, another passage, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So we know. When Jesus changed us, when we have the seed of the Spirit within us, we know that we are sons of the King. We know it. And so if any of you are sitting here going, I just don't know. Do I know God? Don't I know God? Maybe, just maybe, come and chat to me afterwards. Maybe, just maybe, you don't actually have the seed of the Spirit within you. Maybe you're just a little bit confused and you need encouragement. But maybe you actually need to give your life to Jesus. And from then you'll know that you're a son or a daughter of the King. So just like that's the seed, we'd also say that the quality of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives is dependent on a number of different factors. And as a church and as a people, I want us to be people whose fruit is quality. Woolworths quality. If you've been able to enjoy Woolworths, there's a huge difference between pick and pay and Woolworths, or even between pick and pay and food lovers. You'd go, and Apple is just very different in those places. I'm not just trying to beef up Pete Morrisby, but um, it's true. So there's a big difference in different places. We want quality to be very high in our lives. We don't just want to produce fruit. We do want that. But I would love my quality and yours of fruit of the Spirit to be great, to be incredible, to be the best type of fruit it can. And that's the better of a number of different factors. Spending time with the Lord, getting stuck into His Word, the level that we're plugged into the local church. We can't grow and build the fruit of the Spirit in isolation. We were never meant to. So the level with which we're committed and plugged into the local church will affect the quality of our fruit. Life groups, friendships, etc. I want us to be a people and a church who don't live in isolation, but live together in community with family. And as we do that, we will see our fruit grow in quality. So as we look at kindness, what exactly is it? We kind of know, I looked in the definition, uh, I looked in the dictionary for the definition, and this is what it said. It said it's the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. A kind act would be someone actually uh, doing something like that, but the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. But what does this practically look like? And I wonder, actually, great story. Brian, I'm putting you on the spot, but would you mind if you quickly came up to share the story that you told me about it? Not to blow your own trumpet, and you didn't want to do that, but I just would love you to quickly, yeah, briefly share two minutes. Thank you. Hi, good morning. Good practical example. Yes, I, uh, I was at home during the week, and the gate bell sounded, and I answered, and there was the city of Harari man coming to read the water meter. So I went down and joined him at the, the front of the garden, and he was looking very downcast. He was, his whole countenance was just, oh, and he just shuffled along like that. And I asked him how his day was going. It was only nine o'clock in the morning, and it wasn't, it wasn't very good. And I asked him if I could pray for him. And um, he said, he took his hat off, and he bowed his head, and he said, yes, please pray for me. I placed my hand on his shoulder, and I just asked Father to, to bless the man, to undertake for him and his family, for his transport, for his accommodation, for the food that he needs to put on the table to feed his family, 
to just care for him as he went from house to house getting chased by dogs and not let in and just harassed. And I just prayed Father's blessing upon him. And he looked up after we prayed and he began to smile and he said, I've just not experienced anything like this. He said, boss, you're one man in a million. Thank you, thank you for praying for me. And he just, he walked off and he, he was full of hope. I said to him, we have a God of hope. And he just walked out of there with a smile on his face and he was just going for the rest of the day. And I just thank the Lord for his kindness to that man. Thank you. Great. So there's no specific act of kindness or what it looks like, but I was just talking with Brian, it just came up in conversation. I thought, what a great example uh, of what God calls us to do. And, and I know that that's something that you live in, so thanks so much for sharing it. So what does it practically look like for you and I? How do we gauge whether we're actually quite kind or we aren't, or we're growing in it, or we're actually not kind at all? How do we see this in ourselves uh, without someone having to point it out to us? Because sometimes it's an awkward conversation, although we should be good at doing it. So the quality, obviously, of being friendly, generous, and considerate sums it up well. And it's easy to see that in people that we may know, but it is so important for us to take a hard look at our own lives and go, Lord, but how, what's this fruit looking like in my life? It's not if there was to be a physical tree and on it was the different fruits of the Spirit. What would my fruit be looking like when it comes down to kindness? What's it looking like? And biblical kindness, or Christ-like kindness, as I was like to say, will be seen most clearly under trial. Because we all know it's very easy for us to be kind when things are going right. It's easy to be generous when things are going great. When we have loads of energy, it's so easy to say to someone, I will help you move your house. Because you're just full of energy and actually quite like moving houses, and you're like, this just pumps me up. And it is being kind. Obviously, I'm not saying it's bad. We must help people when we're feeling great about things. But it's just easy for us to do that in our own strength. The same would be when it comes to giving or being generous. I mean... Take it back two or three months ago, geez, it would be so easy to give someone your 20 minutes to go fuel. Oh, yeah. Enjoy. And that could still be a great thing. But now, that would be a different story. I mean, if you've queued for three hours, three minutes, and one second, and then you feel the Lord saying, do you know what? That's your Google fuel. I just think you should give it to that person. Well, then now we're really testing ourselves to see, is God really talking? He, could, he wouldn't say that to me. I mean, you know, I've got to provide for myself. I need my, my own generator. But maybe, just maybe, he is asking me to give it away. So, under trial, when things are tough, often that's a great indicator to see how our fruit is really doing. We don't ask for those trials. We don't pursue them. But often it shows us for what we really are like. It's also easy to be kind to someone who's being kind to you. So again, that whole love your enemies and operating in kindness when people aren't being so nice to you is a different story. I don't think I acted on this very well, but when we arrived back from the wedding, we were, um, we were at the airport and our bags didn't come. 
So obviously you're already a little bit frustrated and they're already coming on the next flight. But anyway, we arrived safely. So we now are traveling through and there's that good old x-ray machine. Some of you might know about it and you put your hand luggage through. Now we're looking for our bags. So the lady from the x-ray machine came up and she was like, hey, you know, so I just want to find out, like, what are you guys doing and why are you still waiting here because we were now the last to go. And we said, well, we're just seeing if it's going to come on the other carousel because they just mixed them all up with all the flights. So anyway, our bags didn't come and we chatted to her for a bit and then we walked through the x-ray part, but we didn't actually put our hand luggage through. Big mistake. So we keep going happily, someone was picking us up and we chatted to them for a while just outside there by that beautiful rhino, I think it's a fake rhino, I'm not sure. And uh, we were having a nice chat and then we go outside and we chatted to some other people that we knew and uh, we eventually get down to the car and then we have two people who approach us and they're like, um, hi, we're from CIO and um, we have reason to believe that uh, there might be contraband inside your um, suitcases. So I was like, yes, exactly. Me, my wife and two girls, 100%. We are the main candidates for this. So um, we, 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 we have this little time, and I think I'm still acting kindly, I think. Um, I, you know, it's just here in the course, it's probably safe for you to just sit in the car, we'll chat on this. And uh, then we, we, they, they proceed to say, because you didn't go through the x-ray machine. So I said, yes, but we were talking to the lady right there, and we've now been walking and chatting to people for 20 minutes, and you had any possible time, rather than stalking us, to just ask us, was there a reason why you didn't go through? They're like, well, no, because obviously we needed to see you know, where you're going and the type of vehicle and whichever else, because, because I look so dodgy. Uh, so now they say, but well, now we need to unpack everything there in the car park. You know, there's people around, so we unpack and they're like, now what's in this bag? And I said, toilet rolls and nappies. And they're like, open the bag. So obviously we open the bag, what did they find? Toilet rolls and nappies, as you do as a Walgreens, that's what you bring back. So then they obviously thought, well maybe inside the toilet rolls or somewhere else these guys have contraband. So then they're like, no, open that bag. Sure, no problem. Do you want to know what's inside there? Toilet rolls and nappies. <laughs> Definitely not. So now we take it out, we do the whole search again, and finally after that one, which was toilet rolls and nappies and dirty clothes, they finally got the picture, and they let us go. Now, I would like to think, you guys weren't there, so you've got to take my word for it, I'm hoping that the fruit of the Spirit was active, and that I was still showing kindness in those moments. But I will be honest, I wasn't like Brian, I didn't pray for them. I didn't say, hey guys, what a wonderful day. You're winning class. But I, I, you know, so, so Brian already did a lot better than me. But in under trial, that's when it shows how we're really doing with the fruit of the Spirit. And so actually under trial, we need to look and go, how did I respond in that situation? How did I act in that situation? How did I do there? How is my fruit really doing? And so, as I said, I think I did it brilliantly, nailed it. But um, I didn't. I'll be, I'll be very honest, I did it. So, when we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, make sure that you're doing that as well. How are you doing under trial? Because that's the real key area where you'll see how you're acting. And that's why kindness is so important to look at in the state we're at in a nation. Because we're at a time where you just want to hoard. That's what you want to do. Anything you find, it's mine. Like Lord of the Rings, my precious. You know, that's what we want to do. We want to hoard everything we have. And if we find something on a deal, you definitely don't want to message it to people because then they might come and ruin the deal. And if you, you know, so there's one of these silly petrol groups that are on trying to help each other find petrol. I'm like, why are you doing that? The more people that you help, the less fuel there is. I'm like, keep it quiet. You know, so there's, there's all those sorts of things that we, you know, we, 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 we're trying to do. Um, shouldn't be so honest in these sorts of things. Um, so, but in this country, it's the perfect time for us to see how are we really doing when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. It's the perfect time to grow it. 
So three key areas of life where we can show kindness or where it can be shown. That would be number one in our words, number two in our actions, number three in how we use our resources. There's a number of others, but in terms of what we say, in terms of what we do, and in terms of what we do with our resources, how we give those out will be a great indicator for us to see how we're doing in it. Do you realize, or do we realize, we were praying about this in the prayer meeting, which is open to anyone. We have a rocking time. God really comes, 8.30 to 8.45. You're all welcome over here anytime. But we were saying, do we really realize the immense power that our words have over our lives and over other people's? I don't think we often realize the magnitude and the power that our words have. What you say shows what's really in your heart. Sure, we can occasionally trick people with our words. We can occasionally lie and say something that isn't really true and it may look like it's true. But inevitably, what's in our heart will come out. And it will particularly come out under trial or hardship. Check out some of these astounding passages that I found. Luke 6, verse 45. You might have heard some of these before if you're taking notes, but this will obviously be out on the website as well. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. The evil person, out of the evil treasure of his heart, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In a final one we'll look at, Proverbs 15, 1-4, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. It's just astounding when we look at the power that's in our words. But what's even more astounding is it shows us what's actually in our heart. And so, if you're struggling to be kind in what you say, and if you're noticing your voice or what you say, it isn't very kind towards people who are being nice to people who aren't. It's a great way for you to look back and look at your heart and say, Lord Jesus, please show me what's wrong in here. So that what should come out comes out of here. So our words a key where we see how kindness is happening. We were at a 50th last night. Um, a, a teacher of one of our daughters, a lady who's uh, survived cancer. And she was talking to us and she shared there about a very old granny who's a nurse who on her own bat without any pay or anything has a vast number of people who've gone through cancer treatment and who are in remission and every single week without fail she phones to find out how they are the power of words and she was in tears as she just shared saying I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this lady and I kept thinking when is she going to stop calling She's now been free from it for a number of years, but she kept going, when is this lady going to stop calling? Is it just something that she does because it's what she's supposed to do, but she doesn't get paid? And uh, just out of her generosity of time and money for airtime, but out of her words indicates what's in her heart. She just wants to see how are people doing. What a great indicator of kindness. Second one, actions. <coughs> on this eventful trip that we had, my wife struggles with uh, airplane sickness. In fact, any travel sickness. I've never struggled with it in my life. 
Um, in fact, my brother did for a little bit, but as children, we couldn't really care less. So we got TM bags for our poor brother, and we used to loop the ends <laughs> over his ears, so that for the whole trip to Nyangar or Kariba, he just had this bag over his face. Because we were like, just don't vomit on us. The poor guy, Shay, he's over it now. But uh, that was the, the, the closest that I got to people who struggled with travel sickness when we were growing up with my brother, and we had, you know, we, we just didn't really care. We were like, just don't throw up on us. So Shay, he had this poor bag for like three hours at a time. Anyway, um, when I got married, my poor wife struggles with it terribly, whether it's driving, uh, whether it's on the water, anywhere she struggles with it. But in the past few years, it's been okay. Sometimes she takes tablets, but usually it's fine. Well, on this trip, we literally took off, and I reckon 15 seconds into the flight, she started throwing up, and uh, she wouldn't mind me sharing this, just so that you know. Um, and it didn't stop for the whole flight to Joburg. So... People were being so kind, the stewards were being so kind, but we ended up needing to get wheelchairs, we went off in the special like ambulance van, and then we had to go to the airport clinic, and um, it, I mean, it was, it was just uh, one of those astounding times, not astounding in a good way. And uh, people, were, people were just so kind, we were really blown away with the kindness of stewards and passengers, it was absolutely amazing to see people's kindness. But the person who was on the wheelchair duty, who came and helped with the plane, he then came down to the clinic, and while um, Sarah was getting injections and <coughs> excuse me, injection everything to help out, and was lying down, and we were seeing, will we have to do hospital? Or, you know, what, what's going to happen? This guy just waited, and he said, "Listen, can I go and get you guys a coke or some water or something to help?" And off he went. Um, Tabo, we, we we spent a lot of time chatting to each other. Now. In the end, after about 45 minutes to an hour, says okay, and we managed to get into the wheelchair because we're like, we just need to get out and through passport control. He helps us through the process, and in the end, we, um, we, we get out to the other side, and we just said, you know, we thank you so much, we really appreciate it. Where are you going now? Are you going back? He's like, no, no, my shift finished about an hour and a half ago. I just wanted to make sure you guys were okay. And we just, um, we, we just sat there going, he, now there's traffic, and wherever he's traveling to, but this, this young man, was just like, we want to make sure, or I want to make sure this family's okay, so on my own bat, I don't even know them. Someone else would have taken over the duty. It wasn't like there was no one else to help. But he was like, I started this, I want to finish it, and we were overwhelmed with the kindness of his actions. Absolutely blew us away. And Christ followers and non-Christ followers, there's many stories around the world of people operating in kindness and living out kindness. Part of what God's created in us, making us in his image. But what are the acts of kindness that make people ask, why and how did you act that way? What type of kindness in our lives makes people ask those questions? We always want to operate kindly, but what makes people do that? Matthew 5 verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works or see your kind acts and give glory to your Father in heaven. So I'm going, what kind of acts? Could Craig do or could we be doing as a church where people don't just go, that was just Craig being nice, that's so nice, what a kind person, versus them going, oh my goodness, that could only be a supernatural God working in that person. And that's just for us to ask, and it's for us to ask God, to say, God, what, what are you asking me to do? Who do you want me to help? How can I demonstrate this fruit? In a situation where someone will say, that could only be God. So I'm not sure the exact ones, whether it's loving enemies or giving um, when, when, it's, when it's under real trial. I'm not exactly sure. 
But what I do know is if we ask God to help us to grow in this area of kindness and that our kind actions would point people to Him, I know that He'll show us exactly what to do and He will give us that opportunity. So the third and final one, words, actions, next one, resources. Final one, resources. Then I'll close and pray. If we're going to act and grow in this area of kindness, there will be a very real cost in terms of time, in terms of physical resources, in terms of energy. There's going to be a cost to resources. I love 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2, talking about the church in that time and they were under severe trial. Look at what it says here. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, so they were on the absolute bare bones, have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. It's mind-blowing. So this church was bare bones, they were struggling, they were under trial, there was persecution happening, but because of God working within them, the resources that they had, which was almost nothing, it just overflowed in generosity because of God's Spirit working within them. Giving up their resources freely because of God's Spirit and the seed working through them. So I don't know what that looks like for you as I shared earlier. Maybe your resources is time. Maybe it's carving out some time and saying, Lord, I want to be kind with my time and I want to mark out this time. Show me who to be kind to. Maybe it is resources. Maybe it is that little diesel chikubu of yours, that liquid gold. Uh, maybe it's something different. Maybe it's you're struggling for energy, but you just go, Lord, I really do feel I need to invite that person into my home. It'll be different for different people, but if we're going to act in the fruit of kindness and grow in it, there will be a cost. The reward will be far greater in this lifetime and in the lifetime to come, but there will be a cost for each of us, but there'll be such a joy in the sacrifice of doing it. One key thing to note, walking in the fruit of kindness does not mean that you say yes to everyone and every request. And I do want to put that in. It's very important. When uh, I studied, um, I had the privilege to do that in America for, um, for a year. The family that I stayed with used to be missionaries in Zimbabwe. Uh, he was a doctor, the husband, and then they'd been missionaries in different places where there was need for medical assistance. Ended up in Bangladesh, and in Bangladesh, one of the most poverty-ridden places on earth, where they were placed, there was a permanent stream of people 24 hours a day, and he was the only doctor. And what happened in the process is he, he, is he burnt out and had a breakdown. And luckily, at the time that I went to stay with him, he was in recovery and he was through it and he was back practicing medicine. But he had just learned that actually for sustainability of the life that God was calling him to, he had had to learn to say no. He had had to learn to say no. So as we exercise in, the, in this gift and as we grow in it, we build our muscles in this gift, it would be easy for us to just suddenly start saying yes to everything and to burn ourselves out. But that's where there were some words on it about asking God for wisdom is so important, but also learning that sometimes it's okay to say no. And in spite of the fact that there was always need in the other places where he worked, he had to learn to say, at this time, regardless of the dire emergencies, I have to say no for me to be actually be able to help people in the future. So as you grow in this, Learn to rely on God's wisdom for kindness. Learn to rely on His wisdom for when to say yes and when to say no. Incredibly important. So as I close, you might be sitting going, well, I'm either great in this area of kindness 
You might be sitting going, oh my goodness, I've got some areas, you know, some, some parts to work on. We should all have that. I know in my own life, um, I've got a little bit to work on, except for how kind I was to the Seattle guys. That was, that was astounding. Um, you might be thinking, but, but how? How do we really grow in this? And the way that we do is by relying on the one who has ultimate kindness. That's the only way. It's the only way we're going to grow. We're not going to do this in our own strength, but it's relying on the one who has ultimate kindness. Because there is one Jesus who showed us kindness with what he said, and he did it 100% of the time. Get up and walk to people who need help. Come to me if you need refreshing. I lay my life down for you. There was one Jesus who everything he said, God, everything he says is kind towards us. He's the one where we get the strength from. There's one who acted and who acts out of kindness all the time. But by stepping into our world out of his heavenly kingdom, by entering people's homes, by having tough conversations, by loving, by caring, there's one who has acted it out perfectly. And he says, I'm the one who's there to help you. And finally, there's one who's given of all his resources, including his very life. <coughs> in absolute kindness so that we may have life. And so Jesus has demonstrated to us absolute kindness. And if we're going to live this out, if we're going to grow in this as a people and as a church, it'll come from relying on Him, not our own strength. But as we rely and say, Lord, actually, I cannot do this on my own strength. I have to have You. Suddenly we access His power. We access His authority. We access His strength. So let's pray for that for each other. We close. Lord Jesus, it's we look at what a life lived full of the Spirit and with the fruit of the Spirit should look like. And so often I look at my own life and I just go, wow, it falls, it falls so short. But I know that with you living within us as Christ followers, with the seed of the Spirit within us. I know the inevitable is, is that as you mold us, we'll become more like you, and we'll grow in these areas. Yes, it's going to be work in our part, you, you use us in the process, but our reliance is not on ourselves. Our reliance is on you, the supernatural true King. So I ask for each of us today, that as we look at this area of kindness, that right now, Holy Spirit, you would show us areas of our lives, whether it's our words, whether it's our actions, whether it's use of resources in its forms, where maybe we can improve a little bit. Also, you'd get alongside us now, you'd nudge us where it's uncomfortable, you'd nudge us where there needs to be tweaks in our lives, so that we can grow and produce kindness fruit of greater quality. And the reason we ask that, Jesus, is because if the fruit of kindness in our lives grows in quality, more people will look in and they'll say, where has that fruit come from? And it will point to you. Because, Jesus, we are about the advancement of your gospel in Zimbabwe and beyond. Lord Jesus, I ask that as harvest, as individuals, and as a church, Lord Jesus, that we would overflow with kindness. That as people interact with us in any settings, when we're under trial, when we're frustrated, when we are doing well, the people would look in and say, you know what? Those are the kindest people I have ever come across. 
And as they chat to us and as they ask us those questions, they would come to know and go, well, that is because we've been transformed from the inside out by the kindest king. Lord Jesus, please help us to be people of great kindness. Please help us to rely on you. Please help us to take a long, hard look at the fruit in our lives. And I ask that, just as Brian shared, and I know Tim and I also had a testimony, that there would be many, many examples of you working through us to produce quality kindness fruit that points people to you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for being able to worship you. Thank you for um, being able to sing to you, the living God. Thank you for being able to be family together. And thank you that you challenge us through your word. In your incredible name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.